Hello and welcome to the Harmony Deconstructed podcast. This is a podcast that explores how we can build and sustain an inspired harmonious life. My name is James Mwangombe. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I'm glad you could listen. Today we will talk about imagination. There's a saying that goes, imagination is the soil that brings dreams to life. Imagination is a crucial part of the human experience. Our creator endowed us with the capability to imagine. Some authors like Dr. Maxwell Maltz have made assertions that imagination is the quality that differentiates human beings from animals. He wrote the following in the book Psychocybernetics. We often overlook the fact that man too has a success instinct, much more marvelous and much more complex than that of any animal. Our creator did not shortchange man. On the other hand, man was exceptionally blessed in this regard. Animals cannot select their goals. Their goals, that is self-preservation and procreation, are preset so to speak, and their success mechanism is limited to these built-in goal images, which we call instincts. Thinking about that, I wonder what goes on in a lion's mind as it is chasing a zebra, or what goes on in a zebra's mind as a lion is chasing it. Do they both think of the outcome of the chase, survival, or perishing? Can you imagine the lion just thinking, if he's able to get this zebra, that would be survival? for the lion. If the zebra for some reason is able to throw its hind legs at the lion and shatter the lion's head, that would be the end for the lion. Or is the zebra thinking that has to run as fast as possible and if it outruns the lion, that is survival? Or does it think it can just hit the lion's head with its hind legs and decimate that lion? I wonder, but those are some of the things that we might not know what goes on in the mind of such animals. Dr. Mars continues with his quote that man, on the other hand, has something animals haven't, creative imagination. Thus man of all creatures is more than a creature. He's also a creator. With his imagination, he can formulate a variety of goals. Man alone can direct his success mechanism by the use of imagination or imaging ability. Imagination, just like any other attribute, tool, or goods available to human beings, can be beneficial or harmful, depending on how it is used. You can use imagination to aid you in achieving the creative goals you are pursuing. However, imagination can be harmful if we use it to overly dwell in things such as fear, worry, anxiety, jealousy, envy, bitterness, etc. Such things that can well up in us. For us to live an inspired harmonious life, we should use imagination in pursuing our creative goals. The way we can do this is to imagine the result of our goal as it would be when it is accomplished. To see in our mind's eye the goal fulfilled and experience all the joy, exhilaration and confidence it gives us having accomplished the goal. This is in keeping with what Jesus said in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 24. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. Once you capture that mood of how 
you would feel once your goal is accomplished. Then carry on with your current endeavors with that mood. Once you capture that mood of how you would feel once your goal is accomplished, then carry on with your current activities or endeavors with that mood. This may be difficult to do initially, but as with anything, with practice, it becomes better. There's a story told by Dr. Joseph Murphy in his book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, that illustrates the power of imagination. He tells the story of Dr. Lothar von Blankschmidt, of how he escaped from a prison camp coal mine in Russia, where he was in danger of certain death from brutal guards. Dr. Lothar said he was a prisoner of war in the coal mine. He saw men dying all around him in the prison compound. Each day, after a short medical checkup, a quarter of coal was assigned to each person. In case anyone did not fill his quarter, his small food ration was cut down. He started imagining and concentrating on his escape. He knew his home in Germany was destroyed, his family wiped out, and all his friends were either killed in the war or were in concentration camps. He said this to his subconscious mind. I want to go to Los Angeles, and you will find a way. He had seen pictures of Los Angeles. He remembered some of the boulevards and buildings very well. Every day and night, Dr. Lothar would imagine that he was walking down Wilshire Boulevard with an American girl whom he had met in Berlin before the war. And he says this girl ended up being his wife. In his imagination, they would visit the stores, ride buses, and eat in restaurants. He ensured that each night he would drive his imaginary car up and down the boulevards of Los Angeles. He made it vivid and real. He said the pictures in his mind became as real and as natural to him as one of the trees outside the prison camp. Every morning, the chief guard would count the prisoners as they were lined up. He would call out the numbers from one upwards, so one, two, three, etc. Dr. Lothar's number was 17. On this particular day, the guard called out the numbers as usual. When he called number 17, Dr. Lothar stepped aside. Then the guard at that very moment was called away for a minute or so, and on his return, he continued counting. By mistake, he started the next man as number 17. When the crew returned that evening, the number of men was the same, and the discovery of a missing man would take a long time. Dr. Lothar walked out of the camp undetected and walked for 24 hours. He rested in a deserted town. He found coal trains going to Poland and traveled on them by night until he finally reached Poland. With the help of friends, he ended up in Lausanne, Switzerland. He said that one evening at the Palace Hotel, Lausanne, he had a talk with a man and his wife from the United States. The man asked him if he would care to be his guest at home in Santa Monica, California. Dr. Lothar accepted. When he arrived in Los Angeles, he found that the chauffeur drove him along Wilshire Boulevard and many other boulevards which he had imagined so vividly in the long months in the coal mines. He recognized the buildings which he had seen in his mind so often. He said it actually seemed as if he had been in Los Angeles before. He had reached his goal. This kind of imagination requires effort and practice. 
it requires being able to overlook the present facts of your circumstances or environment and dwelling on the imagined reality until it comes to pass. Abraham, the father of faith, must have had this kind of imagination. In the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 16 to 25, Paul retells the story of Abraham as follows, and I quote, For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Jesus, after he had been raised from the dead, had a conversation with Thomas, one of his disciples. You see, when Jesus first appeared to the disciples, Thomas was absent. When the others told him about it, that Jesus was alive and had appeared to them, Thomas did not believe it. Thomas doubted, thus the proverbial term, doubting Thomas. When Thomas eventually saw Jesus and touched the wound on his side and he saw his hands, he believed. Jesus then told him, he told Thomas, you believe because you have seen me, blessed are those who believe, yet they have not seen. You can find this in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 24 to 29. So for us to live an inspired, harmonious life, we have to use creative imagination. So do not hold back. Imagine to the farthest possibilities and impossibilities. I hold firm to this sentiment that whatever the depths or heights of our imaginations, our creator, the most high God, can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, as it is written in the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. So the question today is, what have you been imagining lately? Is it something creative or something destructive? You see, imagination works both ways. I end with what Albert Einstein is quoted as saying, Your imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. Thank you for listening to today's uh, episode. I'm glad you could join and listen. Please join me next week for the next episode where we'll be talking about the illusion of failure. Thank you, and I wish for you an inspired, harmonious life.